Hello and welcome to Hokshida Podcast. I'll be asking my dad questions about his life and our culture. I'm Hokshida, and I'll be taking you on a journey of truth and reconciliation growing up indigenous on Turtle Island. So let's get this started. Dad, what does Hokshida mean and where does it come from? All right, the name Hokshida is half my spiritual name on my Dakota side. And the name itself means shield, Hokshida. But my whole name is Wahachanka Hokshida, means great shield. And it was a name given to me by my adopted grandma. And this lady who adopted me, she adopted me for a reason. And I'll tell you the story how it came to be. Her name is Eva McKay. And she came from Sioux Valley, Manitoba. And she was a holy lady, a holy grandma. She was a spiritual woman, a medicine woman. And she was a, how would I say, a world-renowned traditional dancer. And she was a very, how would I say, a spiritual lady. She had lots of traditional rites. Meaning, she was the only woman that I know of that had the right to carry her own eagle staff. And she had her own eagle staff in powwows and she would dance in with it, carrying it herself. And in order to have an eagle staff for a woman, there's lots of things that you have to partake in in order to have that right. One, that she was born into it. You see, on her family tree, she was a, a holy woman that was, a, you know, her traditional right was given to her, passed on from generation to generation, generation to her from a grandmother to look after this bundle and to be a, having a bundle is could be a, you know, having a pipe, a rattle, a whole bunch of medicines. But the thing is, it's the knowledge that goes with that bundle that she learned from her grandmother all the way down. And her bundle is then was passed on to her daughter. And then, then it was passed on to another girl, another granddaughter. So that bundle never dies. It just continually lives on. Now, to get to where I have that name, you know, I was uh, 13 years old and I was at the Standing Buffalo Dakota Powwow. Uh, I can't remember the year, but you know, I was 13. So I was there, it was you know Saturday afternoon and getting close to supper hour. And my dad was the arena director, so he was looking after all the Eagle Staffs. And he told my son, he said, take uh, Kushi's Eagle Staff and go give it to her. I said, okay, so. I grabbed her eagle staff and I walked across and Kushi, I said, Grandma, here's your staff. I said, and I said, you carry it out. And she looked at me and she's she didn't look well. She looked kind of sickly, like you know, I don't know, she's sweating and kind of off colored. I said, Kushi, you okay? I told her. And she's like, Oh, I'll be all right. She said, and she got up and she's gonna walk with me. Yeah, walk me, she said to the to my chairs over there. I said, okay, so I start walking with her, and then she started, you know, getting weak. Now, look at what, what's going on here. So I'm holding on to her eagle staff and holding on to her. I'm only 13. I wasn't the biggest guy in the world. But then she she was ready to fall over, so I picked her right up. Picked her up, and I, I carried her from where she fell over. And I was looking around, and I could see where the, the ambulance stand was, the St. John's Ambulance and I walked her, well, kind of jogged with her, carrying her right to that 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 area there with the St. John's Ambulance. I said, this is my Kushi, my grandma. I said, she's not feeling well. Something's wrong. I said, 
okay, they said they took her and they put her on a stretcher and they, you know, right away they start asking, well, where's her husband? You know, where's her identification? I said, it's not in her bag. It's got to be around here somewhere. So I, I quickly looked around and I, I yelled at my Uncle Frank. That's her oldest son. And I said, Kushi's not feeling well. She's in the ambulance. I said, she needs her IDs. I said, all right, he said. And so he yelled at his son. His son ran back to her camp, grabbed her husband, and he grabbed her purse. And everybody went to the, right to there at the ambulance. And by that time, the ambulance the attendant said, we got to take her to the hospital now. They said, so my grandfather jumped in with her, and everybody else jumped in the car and followed. And I was standing there still holding on to her eagle staff. And they stopped, and she opened the door, and she yelled out her, her orders to me. I had to look after this Eagle staff for the rest of the weekend. So I was holding on to her staff. I danced out her staff. But I, I looked after her and took her back to my camp. And I smudged it and, you know, looked after her for the rest of the weekend. That was, you know, Saturday afternoon. So Saturday evening, I carried it in. All day Sunday, I looked after it. At the end of the powwow, my Uncle Frank McKay, her son, came and grabbed the Eagle staff. I'll take this home. He said, okay. I said, no problem. I said, and I asked him how, how cushy was. And he said, oh, she's... She's doing better, he said. She's doing better. She's feeling better. But, you know, keep her in your prayers. And I said, okay, definitely. And for the rest of the summer, I always prayed for my grandma to make sure she was okay. And every morning, I prayed for her. Every morning. You know, every night, I'd pray for her so she'd be okay. You know, that's in our Dakota way of life. You know, when someone takes you as a grandson or a son or as a family member, that's an honor. It's a part of our culture. It's called picking of a relative. And that's a whole ceremony in itself. You see, as a First Nations person or an Indian person or a Dakota person, we have this ceremony where if we're lonely, we can make new family so that we won't be lonely anymore. And the thing is, when it came to Grandma McKay, she, she took me as her grandson. So in, in, in essence, she took my dad as a son and, and you know the whole family just got tied in together. It's like that uh, that story that we have about the dream catcher. Dream catcher is you know, something you hang over top of your bed and all the bad dreams get stuck in it. Traditionally, the first one was a spider web. Spider weaved its web in there, sticky web. And when the bad dreams come towards you, they get stuck in that web and you don't have any bad dreams. You see, that's that traditional story of where it came from the original story is like that when you're choosing family it's like like the spider is tying you together as a family unit oh yeah that one must be part of our family so they pull him in tie him in there making more relatives so a year later i was 14 i was coming on after powwow season so it was like thanksgiving time we got a phone call from uncle frank mckay and he said come on down he said the moms he said on on thanksgiving sunday he said you come and visit us he said they're gonna have a ceremony so we we went from where we lived in forkapal we went to sioux valley manitoba go visit my grandma there they had a whole a whole ceremony i didn't know what was going on at first i knew it was a ceremony but i mean i didn't know who the ceremony was for so my grandmother stood up and she started talking in Dakota. You know, I understood the majority of what she was saying. So she's saying this prayer, thanking the creator for having such a, a strong grandson that recognized that she was sick. 
recognized that she needed help, recognized that I should take her to that ambulance. And when I took her to that ambulance, I was actually answering her prayers because her too at that moment, she's, oh, she thought she was going to travel. She thought this was the end. She thought the creator was calling her home. But I stood in between like a shield. I stood between her and the creator. And I stopped the creator from taking her. And I picked her up and I carried her to that ambulance. And then the medicines from the from the white doctors, you know, helped her. It stopped her heart from skipping, calmed her down. It kept her there. She didn't travel over. She stayed here. So she, in return, repaid me in a way. And by repaying me, she gave me my spiritual Dakota name. So I went through the whole ceremony and everything. There was a sweat lodge involved, everything. From the time the sun came up until the sun was almost down, it was just a real long, it was about six hours long having that ceremony done. And then they called out and they, they said to the four directions that my name and who I be and who the creator will remember me by is Wahachanka Hukshida, which means great shield. And then she told me this story. And I'll tell you that story now. My grandma told me that when she was almost dying, being sickly in the power arena that time, she could see the other side. She could see her relatives in the distance. And then she saw this bright light come up real close. And she's like, oh, and she's like, oh, you're too bright. She's trying to block your eyes from it. And she said, that was me coming in, telling her, Kushi, Kushi, listen, you're not feeling well, you're okay. You know, that's just, she heard that, but it was kind of muffled. And then she said, you know, but when I stood in front of her and started asking her, are you okay? You know, when I picked her up, when I picked her up, I took away that vision that she had of the spirit world. And I was bringing her over back to the living world where we are. And as being a traditional person that she was, in one way, she didn't want that to happen. And on the other side, she did want that to happen. So that's what was going on. So when we did all that, she told me all the story, that, you know, what she saw, what was happening. She um, started praying. And I got to the ambulance. They hooked her up to those machines and then they shipped her off to the hospital. She she remembers seeing herself traveling to the hospital like she was floating above watching. But when she got to the hospital, she was feeling better and took two, three days, she said. But then she woke up. And when she woke up, she started thinking about who helped her. And from the family that, that I looked after her, Eagle Staff, while she was gone, I looked after it all the way that whole weekend until, you know, her oldest son took it home. And she was happy that I, I looked after that staff. So she started thinking, she th thought about it for a whole year. Well, how or she was going to help repay what I did for her. So in that, in that time, she, she ceremony, went through ceremonies. She said she went to four different ceremonies and ran four different ceremonies looking how and she can help. And on that third ceremony that she had in the spring, 
that's when the old man, her her helpers, spirit helpers, told my grandmother that uh, you should give him a name. They said, you should name him. So she had one more ceremony where she, what they call chasing a name, finding a name. So when she did that ceremony, she asked the spirit world what I should be named. And again, through all whole ceremony and stuff like that, she got the answer how it should be and what I, my name should be. And she said, like a shield, I protected her from the spirit world. So that's what she named me. Great shield. So in Dakota, is Wahachanka, Hukshida. And when I started doing all these talks and doing teachings and sharing my culture with everybody and every race and every culture around the world, I chose to use half my Indian name, Hokshida, which means shield. So from now on, when I do talks, cultural talks and stuff like that, I'll, I go by Hokshida, which means, you know, the shield. So that's how I was named that Dakota name from that special lady from Sioux Valley, Manitoba, my adopted grandma, Eva McKay. And she had many children. And out of all her children, they're all my aunts and uncles. And a lot of my aunts and uncles now have all passed on to the spirit world. You know, I started thinking about it. I like, damn, I'm almost 50 years old. You know, I've been living my culture all this whole time. And, you know, it, it's not an easy thing to do, living our culture. But, you know, in time, we all become the old people. We're no longer the children. We're no longer the teenagers. No longer the young guys. Now I'm getting up there in age. I'm one of them older guys now. Almost elderhood, you know, that, that kind of old. But the thing is, elder is just uh, a title. You know, so being a spiritual person or a spiritual, you know, teacher, that's a different story. Meaning, in order to teach, you have to have lived it. You know, you'd have to have practiced that culture before you can actually teach anybody. It's like today, you look out there and all these so-called elders out there, you know, doing this, doing that, having pipe ceremonies, naming people, doing all these ceremonies. I always kind of think to myself, did they actually live it? Do they actually live that? Or are they just doing something for money? You think, you know, that's the way I think. But, you know, being who I am and how I was raised, you have to be traditional. You have to be respectful. You can't go out and just stay, say stuff to people like that. So that's why, I, like I said, I, I go by what I know, what I was taught, not by what I heard. So, you know, I learned from sources, many sources from all over Indian country. And on my Dakota side, my adopted grandma, Eva McKay, was one of my teachers. So with that, you know, I'm going to say this in a few words is, Pidamaya, thank you very much to all my relatives. Uh, I'm a Taki AP, you know, and thank you to everything. With that, thank you.